Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas day. There's no need to be afraid. Ring-a-ding-ding, it's Christmas time. It's 24 hours of Christmas. How will you use your 24 hours? 24 hours of Christmas. Once the 24 hours are over, then it will not be Christmas. Then you'll have to wait for another 364 days before the next 24 hours of Christmas. I think that's my favorite carol. I think that uh, the old ones are the best. 24 hours of Christmas is, <laughs> is my favorite. And do you know what? Everything in it is true. That's it a rare true. thing for a carol. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really... It's quite secular. Um, it's secular. It's accurate. It's indisputable. I think that's what the 24 hours of Christmas is really good. That's why. What's your My favorite. Your favorite. I think my favorite is the least accurate one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not Christmas. (laughs) It's Easter. Easter's on Valentine's Day. Get a chocolate egg. Give it to your mum. That means you're getting married to your mum. That's what happens. Light a candle for Buddha. It's Easter. Yeah, it's really confusing, but it is good. Yeah. And it's amazing that people continue to play it during Christmas. They, people still know somehow it's to play it. De- a tradition that's it's steeped in irony. It really is. Traditional and Christian irony. It's British irony. Isn't it? people, people just don't do irony like we do in Britain. <laughs> no. no. Um, Merry Christmas, Philip. Merry Christmas, Pierre. And Merry Christmas to you, uh, listener. Uh, Merry Christmas, uh, pod buds. You there, pod bod. What day is it? Why, sir, it's Bud Pod Christmas Day. Yes, you wonderful pod bud. Go down to the do audio you... store and get me the plumpest podcast in the window. Do you know the poo store around the corner? <laughs> Why, yes, of course, sir. Wonderful boy. Do you know uh, if they're selling any poos this year? <laughs> Why, yes, sir. I've seen the biggest poo I've ever seen in my life in their window. Oh, wonderful child, you beautiful, intelligent, wonderful boy. Well, here. Here is um, <laughs> um here is a, a, a poo bag. Um, here, catch. You go there and you get me the biggest poo. Do you understand? And you get a little poo for yourself. Oh, thank you, sir. I was ever so kind. Fantastic. I haven't missed it then. <laughs> it's not too late. Uh, oh, ter- uh, 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 <laughs> what, what would that be? A Christmas poo roll. Christmas poo roll. A Christmas, Christmas poo- roll. A Christmas loo roll. I think the scariest part of a Christmas loo roll is uh, <laughs> the ghost of, of, of Christmas Poocher. <laughs> Where he shows you he shows you a little uh, a little toilet uh, and you're on the, you're on it in the future. Yeah. You've died on it like Elvis, and no oh, one cares. Yeah, that's really scary. Part, yeah. Sorry, constipation. I really I th- I I'm always the most scared by the ghost of Christmas farts. <laughs> <laughs> who is just a gas a gas that comes into um, Pooja's <laughs> Pooja's window that's why Ebenezer Pooja Ebenezer Pooja yes. that's why they say if, <laughs> that's why you call someone who refuses to poo uh, you say that you'd stop being such a Pooja stop being such a Pooja it's like no I won't do it I'll never poo god what a Pooja You'll, you'll end up dying alone on the toilet with that attitude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the ghost of Christmas farts, is that, that's what it is. That's it, when he was younger and more innocent and happy to fart. Yeah, yeah, and he, and he just thought they were fun musical noises and laughter. And, he and, sat there in Mr. Fizzywig's uh, <laughs> factory and, boy, Pooj, Ebenezer, come! And Ebenezer would happily come over. And oh, the, I do the, love your farts, And Ebenezer. the entire Catshit family were there. Bob Catshit. And little, little tiny Tim catch it. <laughs> it's a wonderful, beautiful story. Oh, and beautiful. still still so pertinent. Still so relevant, Pierre. Even yeah. in this day. That's what made um, Dickens so incredible. So fantastic. Is that we all have a pooge in ourselves. Yeah. And we need to keep an eye on it. 
Um, so happy, happy Christmas, everyone. Happy Christmas, um, everyone, is what we mean by that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll be tuning into the Muppets Christmas Parole. Yes. In fact, you know what? I think it could do with being a little more Christmassy in here, Phil. Oh. Like maybe some, uh, like a, ro- a roaring fire. Ooh, not too roaring for me, please. Just oh. a crackle will do there we for me. Are. There we are. That's good. Oh, oh, that's oh. lovely, yes. Ooh, oh, I feel warm, warm oh. already. And uh, what about, uh, uh, would it be too annoying to have a constant, very slight tinkling of bells? Um... I have that in my head anyway. I have mild tinnitus. Lovely. There we go. We'll add that in. That's nice. A Christmas recipe, and uh, it, it's not audible to the to the to the human ear, but um, the noise that reindeer make when they're trying to find someone to fuck. It's too low. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, for me, it's not really Christmas yet <laughs> until I can hear the vicious braying. <laughs> Of two stags competing <laughs> over a mate. <laughs> ah, now it's Yuletide. Ah, well, Merry Christmas, Phil. And we thought, Podbuds, that in the spirit of whatever Christmas is supposed to be about now, uh, we would get each other some gifts. Yes, it's we pro- got each other. It's pronounced gifts. Some- well, the creator of GIFs ins- insists as it's pronounced GIFs, but we all, we we're all not going to say we all, gifts. We all say GIFs. Yeah. We don't care. It's not really the point, is it? Yeah. Um, yes, we've bought each other Christmas GIFs and the real Christmas GIFs, uh, folks. Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, you, I think you should go first. Okay. If that's I'll go okay. first. I'll go first. And I've, it's a two-farter. A two-farter two-farter two gift? It's a two-farter gift. Oh, my days. So. Yeah, and first it is, because you're uh, a wine boy... It's a bottle of ch- the chocolate block from uh, everyone's favorite uh, uh, vineyard, Birkenautskluf. Uh, there we go. God. In Franschuk. Thank you so much. I love the chocolate block, listener. The chocolate block is a beautiful uh, red wine from Pierre's native South Africa. It's absolutely delicious. It's a blend of Syrah, Grenache, Cinso, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, and a tiny dash of Viognier. Um, it's absolutely delicious. I highly recommend it. And it's and quite affordable. You can even get it on Amazon. Just get. Uh, it's a bit late now. It's Christmas Day today. But if you're yeah. looking for a nice Boxing Day 20, wine, twenty quid, twenty-three chocolate block. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not um, a cheaper wine, but it is so worth it. And it, it does have the aftertaste of dark chocolate. It's absolutely like delicious. to a weird extent, and not in a way they've added flavors, listeners. Like somehow the grapes have done it. It's very cool. Pierre also very subtly there th- th- um, throwing in how much he has. Spent absolutely threw in the price there, but I am not going to throw in the price of this next fart. Of the two farter. Oh yeah. It is some of your very own tat. <gasps> oh my gosh, it's real tat. It's titty tat. Okay, let me get the plastic off. Um, <laughs> this it's is some great. Christmassy audio. Uh, yes, this is absolutely horrible, folks. But I mean, this is no, this is a Christmassy Christmassy sound. The sound yeah. of unwrapping. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and crying okay, children. So it's black. It's a, it's an apron. It's a co- <laughs> it's, it's a it's a chef's apron. <laughs> And there's a picture of a glass on the front with a straw and some ice cubes. And in very big letters it says, YES! And then in smaller <laughs> letters underneath it says, YOU'RE RIGHT! It's definitely gin o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about That's it fantastic. is that, uh, yes, you're right, it's definitely gin o'clock. Nothing to do with cooking at all. Uh, all the rest of them are like a uh, uh, prick with a fork, you know, yeah, and, like, yeah, and like yeah. kiss the cook. Or like big cartoon tits. Or a big cartoon cock. That's- so funny. Also, what I like about your right is that suddenly, it's this is the first bit of tat that's accused the viewer of something. Yes, the it's accused the yes. viewer of saying it's it's gin o'clock. It's, I think this is called gaslighting now. Yes, yeah. you're right. You're right. It is gin o'clock. No, please, I didn't. Uh, please, I didn't please don't that. drink I gin. I, I don't. I don't like it when you drink gin. No, your idea is a really good one. I should drink more gin while I'm cooking. Um, it is gin o'clock. Correct. Yes, because you do like cooking for other people, Phil. I do love a cooking. Uh, Phil hosts the most. Delectable dinner parties. Oh my god! Oh, I'm just trying to practice. I'm trying to um, um, exercise my own cooking skills there it's in very the cool. kitchen. I'll try my best here, um, Pierre. This is my gift uh, to you. It's a wrapped boy, and it's wrapped in bumblebees. It's wrapped in bees. It's a very tasteful bit of wrapping paper. It's really nice. Did you know that the honeybee is also was also this, the imperial symbol of Napoleon? Ah, yeah. it's also the symbol of Manchester. It the is. Manchester worker bee, and I've never really figured out why. Because they just go, we work really hard in Manchester, like a bee. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, what is this? No! Tell the reader what it is. You'll <laughs> never guess what it is, listener. It's Nefertafel. 
It's he's not no Pierre hasn't had a mild stroke. That is the name of this board game. <laughs> Phil didn't punch me in the balls right as I was about to read out the name of a different gift. <laughs> Never tougher. It is a Viking uh, chess game, basically. Oh. Did you know about this game? Yes, I. My friend. I was worried you might already have a set, actually. Well, you know, you can never have to. I don't. I don't. But imagine if I had a sort of incredible polished crystal set of Nefertafel. I'd never have anyone to play Nefertafel with. And look at the. Oh, I. I do know about the game because, and I haven't played it since I was. Hmm. Gay? No. Uh, eight? I don't know. I, just, I, don't know. <laughs> I haven't played it since I was gay. Um, no, I haven't played Nefertafel since I was like nine. Remember my I friend? Mean, it's amazing you've actually played it. Yeah, well, well, it's it's because the Isle of Man's quite Vikingy. Ah, of course. And I remember my friend, jo- my friend John from from primary school, who I haven't seen in a while. Hello, John, if you're listening. Uh, he had a set, and we'd sat and played it. It's it's a beautiful mat there to play it on. It's got like some Nordic Nordic kind of spirals yeah. and things and stuff. It's quite an interesting setup as well. So there's two yeah. two two teams. It's like chess, except it's not like all one side versus another side. One side is defending in the oh, center yeah. of the board. It's the king. Yeah. And then there's the attacking um, side, and your pieces are are on each side of the board, and you sort of advance into the center. Um, yeah, and you have to. Really interesting. It's it's like if um uh, uh it's like um at the end of. Return of the King, you know, where the good army is surrounded by the Mordor army? They're all in that circle outside the Black Gates of Mordor. Oh, yeah. So it's like, it's like, an, it's like an army being surrounded by another army, basically, listener, if you're not a big fat nerd. Um, it's and like, yeah, it's like, to, it's like a siege board game. You have to move your king from the center of the board to a corner of the board, like he's escaping. Ah. If my memory serves me. So you need to, to, if you're on the defending side, you need to somehow get rid of your defense and also trickle away. And once you get to that corner, the king wins. Yeah, yeah, then you win because it's like, ah, the ah. king snuck away and his your your herdmen or your huskars are supposed to die for you. That's what their job is. They are your glorious retinue. Huskars. Huskars. Huskar. I know the name Huskar. Yeah, Huskar. Kind of soldier. And, and uh, uh, or, or indeed um, your herdmen. Uh, yes, oh, I do love it. Thank you very much. You know what's funny is that on the tour with old Frankie Skinner boy, we've gone to so many Viking archaeological sites and, and Anglo-Saxon ones as well, who also seem to play something similar to Nefertafel. Um, and I was tempted to buy one. I was like, I should really get a Nefertafel for myself. Oh, oh I great. should really get one. So this is, you've read my mind. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, man, I think you've won this, you know. Oh, no, I do love a chocolate block and I do love a satyr. It's not what, it's, Christmas isn't about winning. Unless it's about winning against the forces of the devil. Yes, which is how it began. It's how it began. It's how it began. It's the day the good guy was born. It's the day our favorite guy was born. He's little and magic and cool. The He's game, born. The Hnefetefel um, uh, instructions. Uh, what lang- is that Hnefetefel language? Oh, it isn't is written in native Hnefetefel. We should get Elsabeth back on yeah. to read it out for us. Historic... Backgrund, Viking spillet er kanskje et af historiens fineste brettspill. Det er ganske spiselt for det er asymmetrisk. Spillerne har ulykt den til brikker. I don't know. I assume it's Danish, or maybe it's Norwegian. I don't know how to tell the difference. I'm ignorant. Apologies to any Danish listeners we might have uh, from our adventures to Denmark. Have you, have you gigged in Copenhagen yet? Not Copenhagen. You must. It's only so lovely. over the famous bridge in Sweden. Hello to Simon Talbot, if you're listening. Cool, successful guy. He's he's the, he's the Danish uh, Russell Howard. Wow. But better. Oh. He's great. <laughs> he's a lovely boy. Um, oh wow! Thank you, man. This is great. Yeah, it looks fun. I'm almost visibly aroused by. I mean, it's the so beautiful. I've got to learn it, and we can play it together. So in a way, it's a bit of a gift for me. It's one of those. We uh, can sit by the fire, nude as the day we were born, playing never devil. <laughs> I was actually born wearing suspenders. I was born with a little mustache, but it wasn't on my lip. He was um, twirling it as he came out. I did. I was a real. Came out like a real villain. Hello, mother. Hello, mother. I've been expecting you. Well done. Well done. I suppose you're very pleased with yourself for pushing me out of your vaginal canal, and uh, I must give credit where it's due. But you have forgotten one little thing. And then you just Ima- imagine. <laughs> Imagine if a baby came out with a little mustache and the first thing it said, didn't cry, just said, I suppose you're wondering why I've gathered you all here. <laughs> oh. One of you is a murderer. <laughs> or if a little baby came out with a mustache and just turned to its mother and went, 
that will be all, and made everyone else leave. And then it was just a baby in a room on its own. You know, he asked us to go. What does he say? Standing there? naked oh. on the, on the bed. Yeah, hands on hips, looking around. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Oh dear. The summer wind came, came blowing, blowing in from across the, the sea. Rest in peace. Yes, rest in peace. That's someone Ralph. who we lost this year. Not Ralph, sorry, uh, Martin. Martin Prince's voice, lady. Yeah. When I was a boy and I found out that all the boys' voices on cartoons were done by girls, because their voices are high, it blew my tiny mind. I'd always imagined they might have like the coolest boy in the world who got to be Bart Simpson, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, but why not? It was a lady in her 30s. It's one step towards true equality. That's true. Um, we hope everyone's having a wonderful Christmas day. And you'd, you'd fucking better be. Or we're going to come around there come and so help us God. We will fart down the chimney and <laughs> reform into a mess at your Christmas tree. Uh, here's a good question. Okay. Do what, what, do, what are your families, like, do you have any Christmassy traditions? Your own family Christmas nunus? Well, we like to have a little thing we like to call... Christmas lunch. <gasps> it's like lunch. It's around the same time as <laughs> yeah. usual lunches the rest of the year. Yeah. But instead of our usual fare of rice and eggs, we <laughs> roast a large bird. It is the biggest bird you've ever seen. I've never seen one in the wild, but I'm sure they're real. And we cover them in uh, salt and butter and stuff things up its butt. Yes. Butt, but, sorry. You couldn't choose between butt or bum. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we roast a little sausages wrapped in flat sausages and we roast um, Brussels sprouts in acknowledgement to the EU and uh, and we eat and uh, what is a little more unique is we start with snails we have escargot wait did we talk about this did, did we do a Christmas pod before did we start yeah maybe well no we haven't been going a year yet no we can't have done can yeah. we so this is our first. This is baby's first maybe we, Christmas. Uh, maybe we talked about it on my favorite podcast. Ah, uh, I don't know, but but either way, yes. Well, because uh, snails, snails, my Christmas Xmas escargot. My mother's mother was French, and so we have some French heritage, and or um, heritage, heritage, and so from that heritage, we have escargot as a starter every Christmas before our turkey. And How do else. you cook it? You throw it in a big pot. Uh, you uh, shove. You buy the shells and the snail meat separately. The snail meat comes in tins. Really? Yeah. And you pull out. Where do you buy shells from? Uh, with great difficulty. I know. I know where who you buy them from. Um, please don't. She sells seashells no, on no. the seashore and she snail does, shells too. We don't like to talk about. It. Please don't tell her. Okay. Tell her right. about she. All right. We won't mention she. And you stuff the snails in the shells. And then you put them on a bed of rock salt on a baking tray to keep them from rolling about. Ah. And you stuff them with garlic and butter, which is basically the whole taste, because otherwise right. you're just eating a snail. Have you had snails? Never in my puff. Um, well, without any garlic butter, they, ta- they just taste like if mushrooms were made of rubber. If mushrooms were made of rubber? Yeah, they're like rubbery mushrooms. But they don't have that chemical taste of rubber. Or do they? No, the texture, I mean. Uh, I, I guess. So that's what I'm trying to say. The texture is sort of a, a, a lighter rubber, and the taste is sort of mushroomy. Okay. And then we cover them with garlic, butter, and parsley, and it's absolutely delicious. And the sauce that emanates from it, um, which you you know mop up with bread, oh, like nothing else. And that's the start. Snail time. Snail time. What does your father think of the snails? Is he keen? Or did he have to be one round of a years of Christmas tradition? My Malaysian family at first were like, you what, mate? This is a Malaysian accent. What are you doing with all of them sl- creepy crawlies in the tray? I thought this was Christmas. I thought we were having a process sprout in the turkey. I didn't think we were going to have some of these snails. Um, but my mother's like, uh, calm yourselves. Just go with me on this. Trust me. You will enjoy. And everyone did. And now everyone, all my Malaysian family is so obsessed with it. But also, like, Chinese people eat creepy crawlies anyway. Like, we eat sea yes, snails, which true. are these really creepy things. And that are in sort of twisty shells, yeah. but they leave uh, a hard claw hanging <gasps> out. I've seen. So you grab the hard claw and you just go, <laughs> and it comes out of the shell. And you eat oh. that. Is it alive when you eat it? Um, yeah, it screams. Oh, no, it's not alive. No. It's not alive. It's like boiled or something. I've seen someone, a, a, an Asian lady, eat an alive gloopy thing. Oh really? Yeah, I went around the internet. She but like oysters are technically. A, it was a, still like oh. moving and stuff. This like long brown finger. She just <laughs> chopped it. She just bit its head off. 
And it looked like a willy. Really? It was Gosh. awful. She was just there all chewing it like she'd made a good meme. There's that scene <laughs> in Old Boy. Have you seen Old Boy? The original Korean film? Oh, yes. Film? It's a fantastic film. I need to, it's on my list. Essentially, it's based on Oedipus. Uh, Oedipus Rex. Okay. It's ex- excellent. But there's a bit where the main guy, in sort of perverse um, uh, celebration, goes to like a sort of Korean, kind of like sushi-ish, sushi-ish sort of bar, their equivalent, and he's given a plate of a live octopus. It's oh. A small live octopus. And he just... <sighs> it's, he's just been released from like imprisonment. And yeah. And he just puts this whole live octopus in, and the tentacles are coming out of his mouth and like grabbing onto the sides of his face and trying, uh, trying to pull itself out. But uh, like, no, and it's completely real when they filmed it. It's completely real. That is because you can't get that in Korea. A nightmare. It's, it, but it's such an amazing scene. Why is that so cool. good? I wonder. Can you taste the fear? Well, Asians are East Asians are obsessed with freshness, especially really the, the Jap- Japanese. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obsessed with freshness. Uh, Especially like um, seafood in Japan. Right, okay. Yeah, so I mean, if it's alive, that's ultimate freshness. Like, they sometimes serve like fish heads where the fish is still gasping. I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that. It's pretty gross. That is pretty, it's pretty fucked up. There's this other lesser version of a dish. I don't know if it's Chinese or Japanese Korean, but it's a sort of newly dead uh, sort of little octopus. Mm. And you, you then douse it with soy sauce. It starts jiggling around. Yeah, it starts jiggling around because of the chemical reactions that happen between the soy sauce and... Yes, it's the salt and the nerve endings. Yeah, it starts it, to make, make it... It stimulates twitch. its little exoskeleton Yeah, really bits. gross, really creepy. Hideous. That's pretty cool. Pretty so, metal! To, to, be, to be fair, it is metal. Japanese... Like, that, that sort of extreme Japanese Korean cuisine is metal as shit. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Living octopus. Kongbawa. Yeah. What are your Christmas traditions? Uh, just so much meat. Meaty boys. Um, a turkey and a gammon. A turkey and a gammon for me. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, just a. I mean, we don't eat it all on the day. That would be insane. Uh, although last year, I think we started. We started. You know what we started doing? We started... Uh, brining. Oh, we started brining, Phil. Brining the ham? Brining the turkey bird. Wow, okay. There's like a recipe for special brine, and it's like full of peppercorns and herbs and spices and pastes and spells, and it's all and booze and Christmas. And it's this mad mixture, and it's all salty, like really salty seawater. And this turkey, it's the size of a fucking motorbike helmet, this thing. And you have to fill this, like, uh, you know those plastic storage containers that you'd have for, like, students or in a kid's bedroom for Lego? Oh, yeah. Those really big fucking ones? <laughs> you fill that with this brine. Or like, like you're disposing of a body in Breaking Bad. Exactly, and you just dip the turkey, <laughs> you just dip this big turkey in it, and you go, you should never have fucked with me, and you put it in. <laughs> Tell the devil why I sent you. And you, uh, you dip the <laughs> turkey in there. <laughs> Where's the money? <laughs> I don't know. You dip it in again. Where's the stuffing? I don't know. I told you. What's the meaning of Christmas? Wrong answer. Peace and love to all men. Yeah, men, not turkey. Get back in there. Sorry to any vegans listening. Yeah, sorry to any vegans listening. But you know what? They lost, as you say. Hey, no turkeys. No turkeys are harming in making this podcast. No, but they will be. In the making of oh, this feast. Dinner. Uh, yeah, so lots of meat um, and uh, board games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got some Queen's board speech? Games. You better say yes. The Queen. Do you, you watch the Queen's speech? The Queen's peach. Um, I think maybe we do have a little look at it. Well, well, we, we, a, we watch it on ketchup. Ooh. Have a look at the Queen's little peach. We have a little look at the Queen's fuzzy little peach. <laughs> That's the most Christmassy thing you can look at. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Queen's Peach. God. Awful. Treasonous. Well, see you in the tower. I I, I can't I, I really I'm waiting for the first uh empty chair Queen's speech. <laughs> they replaced the Queen with a big block of ice. <laughs> yeah. Uh the Queen refused to speak to us this Christmas. Um so we're going to ask her the questions we would have asked uh, w- had she decided to come. <laughs> Uh, we we wanted to find out what the Queen's wishes were for the nation and her thoughts are on the past year, but she didn't seem to want to tell us. 
So I'm here, Andrew O'Neill, being Scottish and softly spoken. <laughs> Is he Scottish? Yeah. I thought he was Irish. No, he's a Scotty McScottison. Uh, it turns out I'm really bad at differentiating between some Scottish and some Irish accents. Sometimes, though, if you just get a little a little snatch, a little a little Excuse Celtic, me? If you just get a little Celtic snatch. It's Christmas Day, Pierre. There's families <laughs> listening to this around the fire. <laughs> on the are. wireless. There are. There's a little boy with his, his chin on his knees lying down on a blanket going, What's a Celtic snatch, Papa? Never you mind, boy. Switch off that wireless. Cheeks rosy like Nazi propaganda. That's right, all shiny mm. and nourished. Uh, yes, if you just get a little Celtic snatch, then it's hard sometimes to... to, to, to <laughs> Come on. To, to, uh. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell where they're from if you just get a little sentence here or there. You need some key words. We're going to get Celtic cancelled by you talking about Celtic snatches. Yes, we are. We're going to be on the SNP hit list. Oh, no. Yeah. And Sinn Féin, I don't know. Who else is Celtic? Plaid Cymru. Plaid Cymru. Lovely Plaid Cymru. We're going to kill you for what you said about the Celts. About the Celtic snatches. You you can't grab my snatch. I've never... I've hidden it in the valley. I've never been more offended in my life than when I heard you talking about Celtic snatches. It's not the sort of thing I want to hear on the radio on Christmas of all days. You may take our freedom, but you'll never take our snatches! (laughs) (laughs) Right, pal. The one thing I'm I'm all right with is that you didn't you didn't talk about Celtic snatches. <laughs> right, that's just, be a they, real... that's just when they uh, regame uh, possession. A Celtic, a, snatch. a Celtic snatch. That's a classic Celtic snatch. There, <laughs> beautiful to see, to see, to see, to see. Uh, Merry Christmas to all our listeners who yeah, have Merry these Christmas accents and find this annoying. Uh, no, I'm sure they love it because they're all so good. And a merry, a huge, <laughs> a huge Merry Christmas to all the London Italians who I'm sure listen to this uh, podcast. I hope your uh, Christmas uh, lasagna is delicious and full of lovely little Christmas treats. Who will get the lasagna prize today? It's, a, it's easy. I, I, I can I never wait. I can't wait to find a little lasagna prize. The little leaning tower of pizza we heart in a lasagna. It's good luck for the rest of the year. Oh, so good luck, everybody. Hope you get it. Enjoy. Make sure you decorate your tray with lots of lovely meatballs and the tinsel made from sausages. God, can you imagine how much that tree would stink <laughs> by New Year's? <laughs> Stinking meat tree. Please, children, eat the sausages. <laughs> My father, I'm so I'm brimming with pork, father. The pork, I'm more pork than boy. It's a Christmas. You do as I say. Look, you make your grandmother cry. You cut her cry in her big meaty tears because she's grand- so full of meat. You make your grandfather dead. He's dead now. Eh? <laughs> he just killed your grandfather. He killed your grand. We got Swedish again. Yeah. <laughs> so. You will. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else the Christmas you think in South Africa Christmas was one of the hottest days of the year it's the most sweltering time of the year when it's 40 degrees and there are arctic trees in your living room for no reason and uh, all the father Christmases are black and you're confused because they're not on the TV but they probably might have been, well, Jesus certainly would have been certainly more black than we like to think he is, and as he appears on most Christmas decorations. He was probably olive-skinned. <laughs> I think we can agree on that. Yes. Oh, what I am looking forward to this Christmas yes. is uh, more um, photos from Holland <gasps> of uh, <laughs> their, their, their insistence on blacking up every Christmas. Svarte Piet. I wonder if we'll see our good friend Justin Trudeau. Yes, <laughs> go, uh, guys. Um, I know we usually spend Christmas uh, here in uh, in Toronto, but I was thinking maybe this year. Uh, <laughs> and hear me out. Maybe we'll go out. to uh, we'll go to Amsterdam. What do you think, kids? But 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 why? But why, Dad? Why why do you want to go well, all the way to out to Amsterdam? Uh, thanks for uh, uh, the question, Paul. Well, we'll um, they do this crazy fun thing in Amsterdam where uh, they reenact my college years. <laughs> and no one I'm, gets judged. I'm the guest of honor. <laughs> I've been invited to go out there and uh, be imitated by hundreds of Dutch. And I, for one, think that that's uh, what Christmas is all about. <laughs> <laughs> about black and oop. If you want to, if you want to hear some very funny sort of 
you know when someone does an accent and you didn't realize that that was the accent till they did their impression and mm. it's a real like you clap your hands like a happy baby like yeah. that is what that sounds like <laughs> yeah. of course um, if you watch the fantastic show um, god what's it I've forgotten what it's called the one of the hormone monsters um, oh Big Mouth Big Mouth season 3 of Big Mouth has a parody Netflix series about a Canadian magician <laughs> who, who starts out as like a chiropractor and there's a bit where he's like massaging someone's back and it's full of knots. And he went, oh yeah, there's a lot of tension in here. Do you do computers in the day? <laughs> That's what he says to, he massages a moose. Okay. That's how Canadian he is. He's just in a plaid shirt, a tartan shirt. Do you do computers in the day? I just lost my fucking mind. I was laughing all day at that. Why? Because he's massaging a moose. Well, but also just this, this, the pure sort of Canadian syntax and his funny accent. Of, Do you do computers in the day? Because <laughs> the guy is from sort of Nova Scotia or somewhere. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my obsession with Norm Macdonald and his fucking weird accent oh, as well. Who's he in that? Oh, no, just in general. Oh, just, I see, I see, I see. Just something about of course he's Canadian. Isn't Canadian it? accents are sometimes so interesting and funny to hear. Maybe that's why they're so funny as people. They're very funny people. Canadians, yeah, very talented. Jim, they have an ex- extremely high output of like comedians and actors. And Leslie people. Nielsen, Jim, Leslie Nielsen, Jim Carrey, rest in peace. God, Leslie Nielsen's so funny. Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, Seth um, Rogen, Jim Carrey, who's so talented, it almost makes up for all the lives he's potentially cost being an anti-vaxxer. Yes, J- Jim Carrey, who's so talented and funny that the weight of it has shattered his mind. <laughs> Like in a sci-fi, when uh, a psychic who can like predict things can't like do anything else, you know, right. like, like their talent is so great as a kind of psyker. They can see the future, but they can't do anything to alter it, and it drives them insane. Yes, exactly, and their eyes are all white. Yeah, and they often have like bits of electricity floating in them and things. <laughs> yes, that's Jim Carrey, but for pulling faces and dicking around, <laughs> he's so good at dicking around that it has destroyed his brain, <laughs> and he's gone mad. And fair enough. If you were Jim Carrey, you'd go mad. Yeah. If you essentially went around going, ooh, blah, 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 and someone went, would you like $100 million? You'd go, ooh, oh, to do what? Blah, 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 blah. Well, just to do that, Mr. Carrey. Nope, well, go get sure. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Vaccinations are there to control your mind. Oh, I'll give you autism. <laughs> Somebody stop me from vaccinating my kids. <laughs> the mask actually wasn't supposed to be green and bald. That's just how ill he was from not having any fucking medicine <laughs> i was i was going to vaccinate my kids but somebody stopped me <laughs> oh fuck i'm trying to think of ace ventura catchphrases now um uh all, all righty then I can only think of like a glove. Like a glove. Um, doesn't doesn't bear rewatching the the two Ace Venturas. I mean, they're still very funny, but fuck me, the first one is possibly the most transphobic thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yes, where an objectively hot female actor yeah. plays someone who's supposed to be a trans woman, and they all are so revolted that it's like it's not like throwing up. They start like shit, thro- it's it's unbelievable, and it's like. It's so. It's not because she's unattractive. That's the, that almost makes it worse. It's so clearly based on who and what she is, yeah. As opposed to just like, oh, I, actually, in hindsight, I realized that it was like quite like a non-attractive person. It's like, no, 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 they're they're beautiful. I was I was fully tricked. I'm just very transphobic. Um, and then the second one is pretty bad on the whole Africa mm-hmm. thing. It's mm-hmm. not great. Yeah. But it's so bright and silly. It's like hiding in plain sight. I read an interview somewhere ages ago where apparently even Jim Carrey at the time was like, I cannot believe we've got away with this. And that was in the 90s. He was like, wow. Don't say cannibal. I can't believe we got away I with this. Believe- don't say, don't say <laughs> don't, cannibal. Don't, 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 you're making it worse, Ace. Um, what's your Christmassy film? Bedknobs and Broomsticks we watch. Um, um, I w- last year I watched Mary Poppins, which is similar in a vein, in similar vein. Yes. Um, and I realized it is actually maybe my favorite movie of all time. And what? I cried my eyes out. You did a cry? Mary Poppins made me cry so much. But you and me are not crying boys. I, I, I started to cry at films. Oh. I cried. I, I cried so much at Mary Poppins, and I I've seen it before, but. In adulthood, it takes on so many more nuances and meanings. Okay. And you suddenly realize how much it's actually about um, 
Mr. Banks, yeah. his relationship as a father. And I'm at a point in my life where the hormones are swirling around as such that anything about sort of fatherhood just makes me very emotional. Yes. And it's such a devastating but ultimately hopeful uh, story of, of fatherhood and family that I just cry my eyes out. Oh, and mate. the songs are so beautiful and the score is so great. And Julie Andrews is fit as fuck. She's so fit. <laughs> mm. Oh, God, young Julie Andrews. Sound of music, Julie Andrews. Mm. <laughs> oh. Your hills are alive. Oh, man. They're brimming. Um, she, I think she was my f- first um, sexual awakening. Was really? Mary Poppins, Julie Andrews, Mary Poppins. Brunette authoritarian. That's, oh, that's me down yes, to the ground. Oh, yes, of course. This lines up very neatly indeed. Yeah. Hmm. Well, um, did you ever fall in love with a cartoon? Mary Poppins? No, just in general. Oh. That's quite common. Oh, um, well, I mean, like every boy our age, uh, the Lady Bunny from Space Jam. Lola Bunny. <sighs> Ooh. Lola Bunny, Lola yes. Bunny, what a hot bunny. Gosh, yeah. yeah. It's always, yeah, when you're a kid watching those cartoons, you're just like, oh, I guess being attracted to animals is just something we all are and will always be. I suppose, I guess the sexiest <laughs> thing is this cartoon animal. We never stop to think about how many sexualized animals children are, are exposed to. And they never wear pants. They never wear pants. And then suddenly you become an adult and no more sexualized animals. Yes, and also um, I have seen how they like draw them. And like they, they, they draw them based on like, okay, well the hips have to move in the way that you know a sexy bipedal human. <laughs> so it's basically like they've, they've covered... A, a sort of sexy stripper person in hair. Yeah. But only like after the fact. Like when they draw the animation of how they move, it's how a sexy lady would move. Yeah. And then they put on a fucking rabbit head on it and everyone's like, that's for kids. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's, that genuinely is it, isn't, isn't it? They go, well, here's something for the dads, yeah. uh, but also they, the kids can find the ears funny. Yes, the, the kids will find the ears funny and a deeper part of them will be as aroused as the dads. But yes. they won't know why or how or what that is. Um, as I got a little older, the... Um, is, is, is it Helen or Megan from Disney's Hercules? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Megan. Again, just sort of mean brunette. Yes. So sexy. Quite um, abstract design, too. Right angle hip. Oh, yes. That's why I'm now only sort of that's why you're attracted an en- to um, women with right right angled hips. Yes, and that's why you became an engineer. Yes. Your love of angles. I thought I might design a girlfriend. <laughs> you thought you might make one from the pointy mannequins. Excuse that you me, found. lecturer. Uh, can I stay behind and use the uh, labs for my own special work? <laughs> oh, what is my special work? Oh, never you mind. I will show you uh, at the end of Michael's term. Let's just say it's a Herculean task. <laughs> and I will be spunking in here. Good. Um, yes. Uh, um, I, I'm a Bedknobs and Broomsticks guy. We we sit around and watch that. Really? It yeah. Always, I, I don't think I've ever watched it. I, I saw like the trailers for it on the Disney Channel yeah. uh, in Asia. Um, <laughs> and it just looked ridiculous. They float about on a bed. Oh, do behave. I don't believe that for a second. You'd like, you'd like, it would push some buttons with you, I think. Sexually? No. Would it push my Bedknobs? It would push your Bedknobs, all right, yeah. Would it tap me on the little broomstick? It might do. I mean, like emotion buttons. Oh, really? Yeah, it might do. Also, there's a funny little blonde, the youngest blonde little Cockney evacuee boy going, Go on, get your hands off me knob! And all this. Oh, like, is it about, about the knob. Evacuation? It's about World War Two. yeah. It's in World War Two. Oh. II. Yeah. What? Oh, London evacuation? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ah. There's the, the, the Blitz is happening and stuff. Yeah. Bed knobs and broom blitz. Bed knobs and broom blitz. <laughs> <laughs> And it has lots boom, of yeah the boom boom the, blitz the boom the boom the boom blitz the, the boom boom blitz the, the boom bits the bits, boom, the bits boom where blitz. they went boom um, yes and it has loads of really lovely songs in Portobello Road Portobello Road and and uh, bobbing along singing a song on the bottom of the beautiful briny sea oh, so that's that's what that's from okay. yeah that's what that's from but does it can it beat Early each day to the steps of St. Paul's. Oh, it can be that. Don't you, don't you worry about that. Because the, 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 the entire ending is a, a, an invisible zombie army of the ghosts of all of Britain's martial glory of the past, of wow. knights and redcoats and stuff, animated by a witch. So it's all like floating. You know, like floating knights' helmets and stuff? Last week we had a ghost army as well. I yes. Every episode we have a ghost army. Bedknobs and Broomsticks, the ending, right? There's a, there's, a, there's a Nazi invasion in this little village where they are. 
And the Nazis are like, Geschmitzen, geblungen. They're like proper good evil Nazis. And they're like <laughs> running. Evil Nazis. Yeah, yeah, they're the real deal, you know. And they're Don't running. Don't worry, we're the good evil Nazis. They, they come out of a submarine and they row <gasps> to the shore. And they're all setting up machine guns. And then the witch summons loads of um, empty suits of armor and like red coats with muskets and things to like animate and become alive. And they march and um, fight off the Nazis. Wow. Yeah, with this kind of spell and all these trumpets playing and things. Oh, that's that sounds like rousing stuff. It's fuck. It's great. It's amazing. It, it filled me with it filled me with an inappropriate um, <laughs> military fervor as a boy. I I had no idea. That's, so Ben Loves and Broomsticks basically has the same ending as Little Lord of the Rings, essentially. It does actually. Yeah, it kind of does. But it's like World War Two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, people actually say that uh, Tolkien's works were based on his time in the war, um, but that's something that Tolkien himself has always denied. He, but then what would he know, you know? What, what would he know? It's subconscious, isn't it, J-I-R-R? Yeah, well, maybe the R stood for Ruddy Liar. Ruddy Liar? Ruddy Liar? Ruddy Liar? Ruddy Liar? Yes, what else? Is there any other Christmassy films? I used to be obsessed with Home Die Hard. Oh, God. That's very boring. Die Hard's a Christmas film, actually. Shut the fuck up. We're going, we're going to put you in the bin. Shut the fuck up. It's, I only watched that, the first I had for the first time quite recently, like two years ago or something. That's mad. It's so violent. It's unbelievably violent. And the th- he says some horrible things. He says <laughs> things like, fucking die, you fuck. It's like, wh- I was supposed to watch this when I was a kid. What? It's so, so violent. And he writes, like, now I have a machine gun, ho, 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 on, like, the corpse of one of them. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Jesus. When I saw that and I was, like, 13 or whatever, I was like, this is the coolest guy in the world. I was just freaking out. I thought it was great, yeah. It's... It actually shook me a bit how violent it was. I mean, I'm no wilting uh, wallflower there, but... Man, when I watched it, I was like... Really? Is this a snuff film? (laughs) Have I accidentally downloaded a snuff film? Oh. I, I was shocked by how incredibly grotesque the violence was in um, the Hannibal TV series about Hannibal Lecter. Uh, I feel it's, like you should be prepared. I know, but even with that in mind, really? I was like, "Well, there's going to be cannibalism and murder," but it was like, "Mate, it was, it was, ver- it was." I was verging on going. I'm going to keep watching this because I want to know how it ends. But I think I morally disapprove of a TV show. Wow. Yeah, I was like, "Ugh, <laughs> this wow. is awful." Because they put so much effort into it looking realistic that it all looked like. It's like no, look. That's a real. That looks. That's what it would look like if you built a statue from lumps of rotting corpses of innocent people. And you, oh, oh, just solve the mystery. I don't need you to <laughs> zoom in and out of the fucking corpses so much. It's not yeah. CSI for God's sake. Mm. Yeah, and at least CSI looks like a bad Miss Frizzle game, like Magic School Bus. Yeah, exactly. It's it like, like flies. CSI in. genuinely looks like a point-and-click computer game. Yeah, it flies into the veins, and you see like, all the little <laughs> little cells flying around to show you that the science is happening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A quick, uh, a little bit of Christmas correspondence. Christmas Corey. Um, and, and again, as ever, apologies for the backlog. We will get round to you. A Christmas log. A Yuletide log. Uh, apologies for the Yule log, but uh, we'll get round to you. This is from Lou. Lou! It's writing into the podcast about poo. Luke. Luke. Well, I take back what I send. You puke. Uh, dear, my bud wrote a poddo. <laughs> That's fine. Very good. 
I've been agonizing over which of my two principal poo stories is best to share with you. But then I realized, one, that life was quite anxious enough without giving myself something insane to worry about. And two, I could just send you them both. But try to make my telling of them tight. Okay. We appreciate tightness, listeners. Yes. My two stories are called The Lowest Moment of My Life and The Iranian Empussy Siege. (laughs) Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Number one, The Lowest Moment of My Life. This story began when I was walking to the local cinema to see Mamma Mia. It doesn't end there. It sounds low already. Feeling perfectly well and not even needing the toilet at all. Smug. When I coughed and, unexpectedly, shat myself. That is unexpected. If you just... Boom. Yeah, just like a real casual... Whoa! Just immediately. Wow. Out of of the blue. Out of the blue. Out of the brown. Um, Luckily, I was near my flat, so I quickly tucked my trousers into my socks. (laughs) <laughs> like a barrier why stop at escaping um, and scurried back home when home I decided to just give up on my trousers entirely so I stood inside a large canvas bag for life that's smart he's standing inside the bag <laughs> what's a catch all the poo coming out yeah, of his trousers yeah 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 yeah. he's, he's gone oh, I'm just gonna stand in a bag have you ever shat yourself so bad you gotta stand in a bag I stood inside. Item in the bagging area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're not listening to Radio 4. This is a podcast. Uh, in the sagging area. Uh, so I stood inside a large canvas bag for life and took my trousers and pants off straight down into the bag. Okay, this sounds smart, actually. This guy's quick on his feet when it comes to n- unexpected poo time. I feel sorry for the bag. They're thinking, like, I was supposed to be for life. I was for life. The bags are for life, not just for pumas. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 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 so I took my yeah, trousers and pants off straight down into the bag after my shower of brown shame I threw the bag for life into the big bin on the street outside and mm. returned home to bed <laughs> did you watch Mamma Mia did you just abandon it I went to text my partner who had continued on to the cinema ah. to tell her I wouldn't make the 8.40pm Mamma Mia <laughs> when I realised my phone was in my trousers in the bag in the bin outside <laughs> Fantastic. It's a Christmas miracle, everyone. The best story ever. Uh, By now, I'd started to feel ill. But nevertheless, I went outside to retrieve my mobile. Unfortunately, it was dark, and the bag for life could not even be seen among the black bin bags and other street rubbish it had sunk into. So I had to go back to the flat and return with a broom and a weak torch. Oh. That kind of weak, like household torch, yeah. where it's basically not even a light. It's just like a, you might as well have a white bit of paper. You're better for using your phone, but your phone's in a bin bag covered in poo. Oh. I then proceeded to jab weakly at the contents of the bin, trying to find and hook my shitty but valuable bag for life with the long handle of the broom, like he was breaking out of poo jail, trying to get the keys off the, <laughs> the guy's waist. At one point, I thought I was actually going to have to fucking climb in. I didn't have to in the end. I hooked the bag and managed to extract my shitty phone from its vile interior. <laughs> but while I was retrieving my messy parcel, I'd say six or seven of my neighbours all walked by, each to witness my shame. <laughs> that is good. That's a great, great story. Great one. That's Wonderful. Really it's vile interior. It's vile. Put away your vile interior. It's vile contents. Contents is such a great word. Yeah. Sort of thing. So, the Iranian Empussy siege. Well, yeah, this sounds big. I visited Iran a few summers ago to meet, for the first time, some of my wife's family. Ah. Very nice. Obviously, it is a fascinating country filled with incredible sights. So I also went on a tour of the country with a local guide, a wise old sage called Reza. 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 Iranian food is fantastic, and I always tried to eat the local specialty, usually some sort of kebab, wherever we were. In this, I was guided by Reza. Or Reza. Reza sounds Reza a bit like... Reza sounds right. Reza. Yeah. I just thought, all right, Reza. Go down the pub with Reza. <laughs> if it was Reza, it'd be all right, I think. Yeah, true. Reza. All right, Reza. Um, who would steer me in the right direction. His main advice was, never drink the local duke. Wow. Duke. duke is a salted yogurt drink. Ah, it's like Iran. I've popular Iran in the country, in the region, rather. Mm. Never drink the local duke. Or the Babadook. That's what the Babadook is. Ah. It's made of that. Uh, duke is a... Da, 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 da. Po- bottled Duke from the fridge was typically pasteurized and safe to drink. Restaurants, however, would also sell local Duke. <laughs> Give me some of that. 
Local Duke. No, no, no. I want some of that local Duke. Duke. Mm. Which I gathered was produced in giant vats in back rooms of certain unhygienic standards. Of uncertain hygienic standards. It was of dubious safety for the the molly-coddled western stomach. It sounds like a sort of dairy milk, um, dairy moonshine. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yogurt's been been banned. This is bath yogurt. (laughs) The beautiful historic mosques were a real highlight in Iran, and Reza spoke movingly of their architecture, significance, and meaning. I was often aware of my status as a non-Muslim and was therefore keen to behave appropriately. They tended to be peaceful, beautiful palaces, or places rather, built in an ornate and extravagant style. After weeks of being excessively, performatively respectful in holy places and of avoiding the dreaded local duke, I slipped up. A restaurant in Esfahan must have given me a glass of the stuff from the shit vat out back rather than from the fridge as I had asked. Ass disaster struck. Wow, just like that. I was waiting outside a beautiful 400-year-old mosque. It was sudden, and it was appalling. (laughs) But what was I to do? There was no public toilet. I was seconds from essing myself in the middle of Jahan Square. <laughs> then I saw it. Beyond the queue of worshippers waiting to get in, past the guards at the entrance, and behind the Safavid-era Iwan, or mosque entrance, there was a toilet off the central courtyard inside. If I had waited even a second to judge my actions in advance, I'd have crapped fucking everywhere. <laughs> I had to do it. I bolted for the central courtyard yelling, sorry, sorry, and pointing at my buttocks for effect. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's my vile interior. Sorry, my vile interior is trying to become a vile exterior. As a sort of international gesture for being about to shit. <laughs> sorry, sorry, point, point, doink, doink, doink. bum, bum, bum. Uh, I pushed the waiting worshippers aside and ran for the courtyard, all of my western caution about possibly offending gone in an anus's twitch. <laughs> I cannot emphasize enough how disrespectful my entrance into this holy place was. And then your exit. Despite being a visibly non-Iranian man with a backpack violently forcing his way into a place of worship in such an unstable country, I was not shot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not a good look. No, man. Instead, I was able to empty my bowels in relative privacy in the mosque toilets, only to emerge to see awaiting Reza shaking his head. I warned you, he said, <laughs> about the local duke. <laughs> Koji, Luke. Thanks for the local duke story about your dookie, Luke. It's old Duke Luke. Little duke, uh, old Lukey dookie the, with his Lukey dookie dookie dookie. That is a very handsome brace of stories. What a handsome brace of stories. Yeah. And one, set of tales. Really. And and um, a beautiful Christmassy tale as well. Very Christmassy tale to end on. Mosques and, and poo. <laughs> Now, uh, we have to go, I'm afraid. We have to go. The, the, the turkey is a-calling. But thank you for spending time with us this Christmas Day, if you have. Or yes. Um, and, have a- and if you hate Christmas because you hate your fucking family, well then, we have been pleased to be your audio family. Yes, we are your audio family. And have a nice time, even if everything else is being a, a horrible Christmas. And if it's being a good Christmas, this is like a bonus, you lucky shit. <laughs> It's the most poopiest time of the year. Of the um, very poopy. See uh, you next year. See you next year. Bye. Bye. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.